Welcome to the Polygon Alpha Podcast. This is where the Polygon community gathers insights from today's leaders in decentralized finance and crypto. I'm your host, Justin Havens, aka Crypto Texan. Let's get started. On today's episode of Polygon Alpha, we're joined by the co-founder and CEO of Streams, Kieran Daniels. Kieran, thanks for being here with us today. How's everything going? Oh, it's going great. Here in sunny San Diego. Uh, yeah, working hard and enjoying a day. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Building in the bear market, right? Yeah, Bu- building, just always building. Seems like the <laughs> the bull and the bear, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely easier to focus. <laughs> yeah, and like when you and I first started getting to know each other, it was when I was at the Index Coop. And y'all were building streams or what is now known as streams. What was it previously? Yeah, we previously Smart DeFi. Um, and man, we love that name. Like it was great. And that was kind of, you know, we, we started building this over a year ago. Um, but yeah, we recently rebranded to streams. Um, the main thing was feedback from real users. Like once we had like the alpha and the beta and we started doing, you know, consumer research and talking like, you know, Smart DeFi is a cool name for people that know what DeFi is, but it was the first question was what's DeFi? And that was kind of another level up wake up call, like, you know, who, you know, our target, you know, kind of whether it be retail or beginner or, or everyday person, um, they're not really familiar with all this. So you kind of have to speak their language. And we felt like streams really describes what the products are at a core and, and kind of gets that point across easier. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If your target audience is non-DeFi natives, it makes sense why you wouldn't want to call it. DeFi, smart DeFi, or something DeFi. Yeah, in hindsight, yeah, but uh, we love that name. But I mean, we're, we're we're so happy with that. Like in it, and we've had multiple kind of, I guess, learnings or, or points where we've realized, like, oh, like you know, we, they don't know what exactly stable coins are, and that's you know, they don't know exactly what these you know references are, and that's most people. So you know, our main marketing focus after we launch is content marketing, educational content, like creating that, um, you know, giving that out free, um, and that's a lot of the burden that we have in that, but. Um, yeah, we tried to abstract away as much as the complicating stuff as possible. Yeah. And do you have a marketing or education background? Or I guess that's a good idea. Like, what is your background and how did you get into crypto? Yeah, great great question. Um, so I'm 35 now. I grew up in Idaho in the mountains. Um, and I was always interested in, I guess, like tech and, and marketing, like video game early and whatnot. That's actually how I got into like Bitcoin initially was, I guess it was like 2010 or 2009 or something, but buying, you know, Diablo two items online and stuff, but that really kind of, you know, red pilled me into how banks work and how money works and how, you know, what we're getting at here with self custody and whatnot. But I exactly like you said, I was always marketing focused. So I'm not, you know, developer by trade. Um, I understand the code and, and, and work with that, but you know, I, I, I do growth early stage and marketing and, and, and communication and whatnot. So um, yeah, I, uh, I originally started back in the day doing like SEO and web development and then got started in SaaS. So I come from Web2. Um, I had a previous company called Instapage. Um, we scaled that from, you know, bootstrapped it from the ground up to about 250,000 users. It was like a drag and drop website builder similar to Wix, focused on um, conversion rate optimization and whatnot. But I really, you know, through I did a little bit of school, but dropped out early and, and kind of just dove headfirst into SaaS for many years. So that's where I learned kind of these core concepts of getting users and what users want and understanding the psychology and, you know, how referral works and how there's these core principles that you can, you know, build something. So did Web2 for a while, um, uh, exited Instapage in like 2014, I think. I did early stage consulting. So just to help people like launch 
launch web apps or, you know, if they were failing, like I came in and kind of helped them do early stage stuff. And then around 2017, you know, it's the same story as everyone that's been around. Um, I've been, you know, watching crypto and involved in it kind of, but there wasn't really any room for non-developers around 2017. Um, that really changed. It was, you know, a lot to do with the IC- ICO boom. Um, but you know, projects started happening and, and they started getting funding and that's kind of where it kicked off. Um, yeah, and then from there, I got you know introduced to like ETH Global. That's where I ended up meeting my co-founder Jugas. Um, that ETH Global community, ETH Denver. That's really where I started to kind of see the light and where everything was going. And and I, and it, um, I ended up meeting a company there called Block Native. Uh, shout out to Matt Cutler and Chris Meisel. They're amazing. Um, they're they're doing awesome stuff. It's a mempool monitoring company. So. Um, I, I was doing business development for them and it gave me the ability during that bear market. <laughs> so, you know, it's, that was 2018 to, um, to like work with Gnosis, to like understand what protocols are, to really like get, you know, the deep education on how this all works and where it was going. Um, I actually met Jugas through Block Native and, and working with that. And that's kind of where we developed the thesis around where we started to realize like, you know, we're in this like kind of DeFi bubble where we're all understanding what it is and aware of it. But um, the, you know, the everyday user doesn't get that. And that's kind of like the next frontier in the big pool of what we need to do. And it comes down to, you know, user experience and, and speaking their language. Yeah. And Jugas, he's your CTO now. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. He, uh, you know, Jugas actually, you know, I met him through Block Native. And then um, he actually had the idea of smart DeFi in a previous form before, and it was very similar to what Idle was. So what we what he wanted to do initially was aggregate the lending protocols together, and we can get into Idle a little bit later. But um, once we you know started talking about that, realizing that I, I think I, I believe I was I think he was previously connected with Idle or whatnot, but we, we figured out about them and then realized kind of the opportunity together that we can layer up on that. And, you know, we got this idea of a self-custody, like buying power layer, and that's what Smart DeFi and eventually Streams turned into. Um, yeah. Yeah, so with Streams, like what like what was the main objective? You know, like what is the need in the market that you're trying to solve? Is it like educating new users on how to bring them into DeFi through this application? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it, right? Like, uh, you know, there's two sides of it. There's the kind of the product and then there's the education on what it is and risk assessment. So what Streams is really doing is it's solving a huge problem that everyday users are facing, um, which is earning passive income with DeFi is confusing and hard. Um, It's complicated to understand how to use blockchain products from like wallet extensions to saving passphrases. Um, And even just acquiring your first digital assets is hard for most people. Um, You know, someone's totally new to that. Uh, and they want to earn passive income at DeFi, most of them can't, even though it's kind of, you know, it might be easier for us or people that are aware of it. So um, Streams really fixes this. It creates a seamless, like, you know, noob-friendly, beginner-friendly onboarding experience. Um, we've extracted abstracted away the complicated hurdles of earning passive income. And it's basically just like using a normal fintech app. You know, we integrate with Stripe and Plaid. Um, and, yeah, I guess we can kind of get into the different integrations and whatnot, too, later on. Yeah, and is, is this wallet... Is this like a self-custody wallet or is, is Streams custodying the assets of the user? What's What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So we're built on Gnosis Safe. Um, we use their contracts to interact with everything else. We have our own custom batcher contracts and whatnot, but that's really kind of the, the, the cool part about this is so we're built on a multi-sig wallet, which uh, is a self-custody wallet. So the users control their own assets and there's multiple signers. So while our infrastructure is built on a multi-sig wallet, we don't really consider ourselves a wallet. Like we wouldn't be a competitor to Argent or to Zerion, even though like we love those apps and we use those. 
Um, what we really are is, um, you know, we're focusing these core products on passive income. And at really, there's multiple stages. You know, there's exiting fiat, beating 8.5% inflation, you know, getting out of, of fiat into digital assets. And then how do you put those digital assets to use? So um, the most users, like I said, can't figure out how to do a wallet, can't figure out how to do that. So we integrated with Stripe and Plaid to seamlessly uh, create an onboarding experience that they can exit that system. So we partnered with Wire, um, they're uh, a fiat on-ramp, and then the users use Plaid and their bank account, interact with Wire. In the back end, they're getting USDC, but um, you know they see that as, as buying power that they can earn, and then they can enter these different products. Okay, so it is like an onboarding tool. And like, how, how does the Gnosis Safe work? I guess like we can get a little more technical here, but so like how many keys are involved in this? Like how many signers are there? Like the user, like let's say I, I'm setting up one of these, right? So I've got a key, obviously. And then who else has a key and how many are there? Yeah, that's a that's an awesome question. And this is kind of the, the principle of it. So the point of it at a top level is that the user has more keys than we do. So really, we're just the super app, um, you know, the un, like the yeah, like the unsexy way to do it is like we're almost like an affiliate, like we're, we're using all these different products to create this experience. So what we're doing is we're deploying a new Gnosis safe for each new user. We're deploying that on Polygon. Um, so that's a multi-sig wallet. The user has two keys, an operational and a recovery key. And then Streams has one operational key. Um, and that's used in the app when they're buying or selling Streams. Uh, the, the key that's, the, so first off, the key's encrypted. And then it's stored on the user's device using Apple Secure Enclave. Uh, Secure Enclave is used by Apple to uh, secure your information, like your face ID and your biometrics. And it's the most secure mobile encryption option that's, that's currently available. Um, the recovery key is encrypted and stored on the user's iCloud. So um, it's only used when the user needs to recover their account or log into a different device. So they have two keys. They're the controlling signers and then, or the majority controlling signer. And then we have a third key that's controlled by streams. And that's used for co-signing transactions. So what this allows us to do, what the app is doing, it's a ton of heavy lifting across multiple chains. But what we're doing is we're packaging up all these contracts and then the user signing that. So it allows us to protect them from malicious transactions um, and it allows them to not have to continually like sign messages and whatnot. So, you know, not, so to be clear, like we're marketing towards traditional investors. We are a closed source front end. So like there's no, there's no, we're not saying that we aren't like, that's not the goal. You know, we charge fees. We're creating this seamless onboarding experience, risk assessment, and providing you know the self custody buying platform. Um, so, so that's that. But the back end is full self custody. Like we can't take money we, without permission. We can't like go grab fees. If streams went away tomorrow, you could back up. You could get, you know uh, you could retrieve your backup keys and and get your money and go sell your tokens. And all of these are, are standalone options. So, you know, we really think that that's kind of the missing. I guess, uh, I don't know, like bridge for lack of a better word between kind of mainstream adoption is like people, you know, they might be unaware of self-custody and how important it is, but look at what's happening in the market right now. You know, we're seeing that at the forefront. So having that core self-custody in the back end and then still having a seamless experience in the front end is key, I think. Yeah, this is interesting. So like, could I send assets from like my, like the met, the wallet that I access through MetaMask? Could I send assets from there to my streams? Gnosis safe? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So 
what we're doing again, we're creating this closed source packaged up like fintech experience, right? So we, so the back end is true self custody. We can't touch those funds, but in order to use the app, we whitelist those address. And that's not like a bad word, but like in order for you to use the app and to go through and pay the fees and to use our risk assessment and do whatnot, then we like whitelist those addresses to use the iPhone app, right? But you have your Gnosis safe and your recovery key, which is encrypted and we don't have it anytime. So most users, we, you know, they, they, they don't, they need the, they need the recovery and they need that, but they, the people we're targeting want to use this app and want to use that front end. But if you wanted to send money to that Gnosis safe, if you wanted to take those idle tokens or take that spot ETH out of your Gnosis safe, if you wanted to recover it, if you wanted to go use it on your own, then you're more than welcome to. And really what we're doing is, you know, we're the products, the streams are different idle, different percentages of idle products and ETH spots. So for an everyday user like you that understands MetaMask, like you wouldn't want to use our app. You know what I mean? Because you would just be paying fees. You maybe maybe you want to do it for the risk assessment or maybe it's easier and that's the convenience. But really, you could look at our model and you could go with MetaMask and you could buy that amount of idle, that amount of ETH, and you would get the same results because we're not managing money. We're not you know, trading, we're not doing any of that. We're really just a super interface for, you know, beginner users. So that's a great question. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks for that answer. Yeah, that helps clarify quite a few things. And so what are some of the DeFi apps that, I mean, this sounds like this is like the traditional, you know, DeFi mullet. We've got FinTech in the front and DeFi in the back. So what kind of DeFi protocols and dApps are operating under the hood, so to speak? Yeah, it's a great question. So we... You know, I'd like to keep saying, like, we really created this self-custody buying power layer, and that's just kind of what we termed it as to make the most sense. But, you know, it allows the user to, to, within this app, take their bank account, their money, get digital assets, escape inflation, and start earning money with that. So initially, the MVP um, will consist of the most, those multiple products that are offered by um, the DeFi protocol Idle Finance. What Idle Finance does is it aggregates multiple lending protocols together. Um, it's like Aave, DYDX, Maker, and a few others. And it creates two products. And these are tokens. And that's what you'll see in your Gnosis safe if you understand how to look at the Gnosis safe and whatnot. Um, one rebalances to maximize yield, and the other rebalances to ma- minimize risk. So really what's going on to like make it you know kind of very simple is a user is taking the money out of their bank account. They're getting USDC. And then they're, they, they control that Gnosis safe and that money and that USDC. And then if they choose to purchase one of these streams, then they're taking that USDC, they're signing the transaction from their safe, and they're buying idle tokens and spot ETH. So that's confusing to an everyday user, but it's fairly simple on the back end with that. So what what that is, is you know it, it allows them to, to offboard out of fiat, easily get in and earn digital assets, or sorry, earn passive income with their digital assets. Now, this is just the MVP launch. So what we did is, you know, we built everything on Gnosis safe contracts. So any um, any chain that's EVM compatible, we can integrate with any protocol I met. So um, at first, we're hyper focusing on these passive income products. Um, and we really think that that's what people need. And that's what kind of the best thing is. But like you mentioned before, with index co-op, like we're creating this buying power layer. So, you know, the I guess the natural progression we can assume is that a user, you know, exits fiat, exits inflation, starts earning money with their passive income, you know, their digital product, sorry, starts earning passive income with their digital assets. And then six months down the road, they're like, hey, I've earned some money. I'm, I've learned more. I'm educated now. Okay, now what else can I do? So that's where we plan to expand. Um, and we're going to be very conservative about it because, you know, this is a new user and whatnot. But 
we have ideas of offering like the index co-op products like DPI, you know, so it really is this, you know, like you said, a self-custody buying power later where you can earn money, you can eventually get, you know, broad exposure on index products. Another thing we wanted to do since day one, and we have full plans to is insurance, like decentralized insurance and offering that. We think it's not quite mature enough yet. Um, but that's, that's like, you know, you, if you could think of that's an actual progression is, you know, you, you exit fiat, you start earning passive income, you have this money, digital assets. Okay. I want to ensure that that passive income. So, yeah. And these streams that you say that users can purchase, is that, is that just your version of a, a financial product? And I'm, I'm assuming it's income streams, but there's different types. Like, is there like passive or aggressive type of investments? Yeah, great, great question. Um, yeah, so the four products we we you know we have like uh, in-house analysts that have worked with Fidelity and that, that are from the traditional uh, finance sector. And what these are is we copy the historical mo- uh, historical volatility model on purpose because like the biggest thing is, or one of the biggest things is you know, speaking a user's language, not, you know, saying too complicated things, but also if they look at these products and it doesn't make sense, like they're not ever going to use it. Right. So when you look at the products, we have conservative, balanced growth and aggressive. And these are the way to think of it is baskets, even though now that it's tokens, it's not really baskets. But each of these, you know, when a user downloads the app, they take a six question risk assessment quiz. It's very similar to like what Fidelity or Vanguard has done over the years. Um, and then we match them or align them with a risk profile. And that's the conservative balance growth or aggressive. Now, they can choose any product they want. We're not telling them what to do. We're not managing money. We're not touching the funds. But they can, you know, if they get matched with growth, they can pick growth or they can decide to go conservative or whatnot. But all of these products are, it's using ETH data, using their API for five, six years now, using idle data. They're real products, but it's showing what's happened in the past. So based on volatility, you can see what the best 12 months were, what the worst 12 months were, and and what's happened. So for a totally new user to DeFi, like that's very helpful because they can look and they go, okay, look, I'm, you know, maybe I have a lot of funds and that's kind of what we're seeing as a a profile user. Maybe it's an older person with more funds. Um, They'll be more conservative. You know what I mean? Or maybe like we see a lot of younger profile users like Robinhood type, they might lean towards more aggressive. But the idea, we're not saying what's going to happen in the future, but we show transparently on chain what's happened in the past. And so, like, when users pull money from their bank account and it goes through Wire to purchase USDC, and so when they're purchasing these streams, on the back end, is it essentially taking the USDC from their Gnosis safe and investing it in, like, idle or like through Aave, is that, is that essentially what's happening? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's much more complicated because we deploy things on Polygon and batch over and we can talk about that and that's why it's all affordable and we can wrap all the fees in, but in the most simple way, like that's exactly it. So, so we abstract all this. So the user just sees create account. They see, you know, start a saving stream, which is what we rename buying power because they can earn 1.3% just by, just by funding the app. That's Aave Matic. Um, and then, like I said, each of these high yield streams, the conservative balance, growth and aggressive are combinations of idle and uh, spot E. So what it is, is the user is uh, interacting with Plaid and Stripe, verifying their identity using their bank account like you normally would with another fintech app. Then they're taking their fiat and then from their bank account and then they're buying USDC, like you said. 
So the USDC is in their Gnosis state now. So we've deployed a Gnosis state for the new user. They control that those keys and they control that wallet. Now they've purchased, let's say, $1,000 of uh, USDC. And then if they buy the conservative, I don't have the percentages in front of me, though. I think it's like 50% of best risk adjusted, 25% of the other one, and then idle, right? So they'll have that USDC, and then they would buy $500 worth of the idle token, and it goes into their wallet, 250 of the other token, and the remaining percentage of ETH. Um, and then that, you know, idle handles all of the rebalancing, idle handles all the yield generation and everything and, and whatnot. So what you know streams takes a percentage of fee off the top and that's how we wrap everything in but those tokens and everything is in in your wallet and you own those so i guess the best way to like describe it is if if you purchase you know conservative stream and you have those and then streams just disappears tomorrow you still have idle tokens and you still have ETH. so you could go sell your ETH. you could go uh you know uh, uh i guess redeem is the right word with your idle tokens and, and get that uh get those profits and that those assets yeah, and I love the emphasis on self-custody as well. And I'm wondering, like, do y'all have, like, a certain philosophy on why you chose to make this self-custody? Or, I don't know, what's what's the importance of that to you? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, we, like you said, we were, you know, we're real DeFi nerds and we're, we're purists with, you know, we kind of all or not grew up, but, you know, it's only, you know, five years old or four years old or whatnot, but with Ethereum and with self-custody and, you know, there's been cycles before where you can kind of see why this is important. Um, and, you know, there's always there's this old adage that just comes back to where if you don't know where the yield's coming from, like you are the yield. Um, so, I mean, the easiest way to answer why it's important is, is look at what's going on right now, like with Celsius, with BlockFi, Anchor. Like, it's extremely unfortunate. Like, I don't want anyone to lose money. And that's very sad. But like those people probably unknowingly, and that's where the burden of education comes on us, but they sacrifice self-custody for convenience or whatever you want to call it. Um, and when you don't know where the yield's actually coming from, it's not collateralized, you can't see it on chain, it's not backed by anything, then, you know, bad things will happen. So uh, self-custody is, is, is the thesis of this and kind of one of those, I guess, pillars where we'll never compromise on that. And, you know, we could make a lot more money. Like, you know, you could, if you were just taking funds in and, and YOLO gambling it and doing all this, like you could make a lot more money, but that is not... Like from the beginning, you know, we felt that self-custody was the most important thing. It's fine that it's closed source on the front end. Like the people that we're targeting want that. Like they prefer Plaid. They prefer Stripe. They prefer using a fintech app where they can, you know, at least trust the money on that. But again, the self-custody in the back end is truly there and, and you own those funds. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's really like, yeah, you're in charge of your funds. But what the Streams app is doing is almost restricting which type or which specific DeFi apps can be used within the app, right? And so how do y'all, well, first of all, am I right in thinking that? And then how do y'all make that risk assessment on which DeFi applications are safe enough for your users? Yeah, so, um, you know, that's the hard part. That's kind of what's on us. Like we can, like I said, we are capable of integrating any EVM compatible protocol. So we could have launched with a bunch of different options. From my mindset as understanding like consumer mindset and whatnot, I think we need to hyper focus on something and that's, you know, earning passive income. But other than that, it's, you know, the smart contract risk. And so initially, you know, idle, what it does is, first of all, it's like very old. I think, you know, Kane and Synthetics invented DeFi and yield farming, but idle has been around for I don't, I don't remember the exact years. I don't want to misquote, but it's, you know, three or four years coming on that. And from the beginning, before DeFi Summer, before Andre, before Yearn, before any of that, they were focusing on this concept of risk adjusted and, and, and rebalancing and, and this long-term sustainable yield. So 
you know, we really built this product to perform the best in a bear market and a bull market. And you can see that like with this last, you know, this last crash, if you would have bought at the top, I mean, these are, you know, it hadn't launched yet, but all the data is there. If you would have started to stream at the top of 2021, you would still be, I think, 1.8, I believe that's right, percent and positive. So, you know what I mean? Like the average on something like that is like 15 to 18%, like back in, you know, a few months ago, and that's what it'll again be if that happens. But there's a big difference between losing all your money and, and investing in something that can rebalance up and down. So, you know, to answer your question directly, like Idle kind of checked all those boxes to be the, I guess, safest or the most secure bet at launch. It aggregates multiple platforms. So, you know, if Aave gets hacked, it's not just that. If, if Maker gets hacked and whatnot, they've been around for a long time. Their products aren't focused on getting rich quick. They aren't, you know, some Ponzi economics type thing. Like, so, but, with, you know, again, with that being said, like, that's just the core of, of what Streams is initially and kind of these core passive income products. And then as DeFi evolves and as, you know, new things are created, we can, we can see where those fit into the product offering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense to use the, the seasoned blue chip OG DeFi protocols. And I didn't realize Idle had been around for that long. That's that's really interesting. Don't quote me on exactly, but I mean, they were, I think we were working with almost three years of data and that was a while ago. So, I mean, they've been, whatever, they, maybe it's not four years, because I don't think DeFi has been out that long, but um, yeah, I should look that up. But uh, yeah, they've been, you know, from the beginning, it was before any sort of yield farming or, or that term was ever used, so. Yeah, interesting. And uh, something else you were starting to talk about was something to do with batching the transactions of your users down to mainnet or what were you saying there? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is how we use Polygon. Um, so, you know, I guess seven months ago or so we, I get, you know, it was when DeFi summer started, then we realized like, Oh man, this is going to be a lot more expensive. It used to be about $5 per user to generate a Gnosis safe for them, which still is like too much. Like you wouldn't wrap that into acquisition costs. So we still had to figure something else, but it, it, it bumped up to like $90 or a hundred dollars or more per user. So, we, you know, personally have been always, always been big supporters of layer two and the concept, but back then, you know, not only was Polygon the only one that was like able to support users and still kind of is, um, you know, they, their team is amazing. Like Sandeep and JD, you know, they organize around them when you hold this from everyone that works with them or you guys, I guess, you know, but I mean, like, it's like actual, like real, real business development, real understanding and that. So we had early support from the beginning um, and realized what we could do with this. So what we're doing is we used we use the Gnosis contracts for pretty much everything. So that's, you know, that secures, I think it's like $5 billion in digital assets. Now it's like 5% of all Ethereum or something. So that's how secure streams is essentially is using those contracts. And then we have our own custom contracts, which are ordered by Peck Shield. Um, they, what those do is we, we generate the Gnosis safe on Polygon, which costs cents compared to a hundred dollars or whatnot. And then, um, we, we do all of that and all the transactions on Polygon. And then once every threshold, so right now it's like 24 hours, we batch those over to mainnet. So instead of, uh, you know, 10 users paying each individual transaction cost, then it's split by 10 or a thousand or 10,000 or whatnot. So the cost of deploying and the cost of doing that, um, decreases as the users scale. That's, that's really interesting. So what mechanism are y'all using to batch those transactions down to mainnet? Those are the custom contracts. So what we did is we have no, we deploy Gnosis on Polygon. Um, we do all the transactions over there. And then we have a custom batch of contract that we've you know been developing over the last year. And that just, you know, we can set a threshold to any time. So it could be 10 minutes, it could be, you know, 24 hours. Right now it's 24 hours. So 
have however many users are created and Gnosis saves are generated in a 24-hour period, then we take all those transactions and batch them over to mainnet and commit them at, at, at one time. And that only costs one transaction cost or fee, I guess, instead of however many was split. Does that make sense? It does. That's that's really interesting. So these, I guess these, you've created your own bridge, essentially, right? Yes, but a bridge is something very different. And a bridge has vulnerabilities and a bridge supports a bunch of, you know what I mean? Like really what we did is create a very simple, I think it's like 1200 lines of code. It's just a very simple, like, uh, I, I'm not, I, we, you know, we can talk to Jugas next time. You got to have him on to get into more details of, of the exacts on that. But what it's, we're only batching those transactions. Uh, those are pre-committed and they're, and they're batched over and committed to the main net. So as far as I know, it's, 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 it's very simple. Like it's, you know, and it's only, the only risk, if that contract were to get hacked, let's say, is always a risk, is however much money is held within that like 24-hour interval and whatnot. So majority, all the users' funds, everything that's happening is held on there, and then it's just our daily transactions, essentially. So, um, yeah. I think that, that there's other there's other people that have done this, and I, I really think that this will be how pretty much everything works, like how, um, how any sort of app will work, because it makes much more sense to bash things on a layer two or polygon or scaling solution or whatever you want to call it, and then and then bash them all over at once to mainnet versus committing the mainnet every time. I mean, I think that layer one will always be the settlement layer, and that layer two is a consumer layer, and that's kind of like how we built this. Yeah, wow, that's that's really fascinating. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to dig into that a little a little bit more. But yeah, let's talk about Polygon for a little bit. You know, why why did y'all decide to use Polygon? Obviously, low cost transaction fees. But like, are, is there any other reason outside of that? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, we started talking to everyone. Uh, you know, this was like nine months ago or so. Uh, you know, so we knew we needed a layer two solution. We understood it pretty well. Uh, we talked to everyone at the time, and you know, no one at that time was even viable or, or ready to use. So that was initially why. Um, but then, you know, once we once we started talking to Sandeep and JD and once we, you know, realized how hands on everyone is and like what we can do, it's, it's just the perfect solution for us. Like we're not an AMM market like we don't need the heavy lifting of optimism like we don't, um, you know, like ZK, like all of those different amazing things in layer two, like we don't really need, um, you know what I mean? Like we're a consumer app and that's like what we're focused on. And, and that's Polygon can do a lot of amazing things. And we're only talking about the, you know, the, the single chain. I know Polygon has ZK and all that coming too, but for what we for what we needed, Polygon is just is just the best. Like we can, you know, we can generate these saves. We can deploy everything. It's it's pennies to the dollar. And then, um, like I said, we can just batch everything over to mainnet whenever we want to. So it's I think people are going to start. Everyone is going to do this. You know what I mean? Like we might be first to market in some of this bashing stuff, but the concepts have been out there. And once I think people see that the heavy lifting pays off and it works, then I think a lot of people you'll see start to to do it like this. Uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, so what's next for streams? I know you mentioned the insurance side. I don't know if you can elaborate on that a little bit, but and then just what else in general is coming up for streams? Yeah, I mean, exactly. We've been building for about a year now and, you know, we realized nine months ago we needed layer two. We, you know, wanted to remove some redundancies or dependencies, I guess, not redundancies with uh, the key thing and whatnot. So, you know, we've been building and building. So we're really just focused on launch right now. Um, we're really focused on getting that content out, getting... Uh, getting the app live, uh, we're already starting to get some some early users into beta, and the, the feedback's awesome, and we're live transactions now. So yeah, the what's next is we're launching uh, in July. It should be you know end of July, 
testing is the only unknown so that might take another couple of weeks or whatnot but we're already starting to invite people so um you know you can visit streams.xyz sign up for the wait list um and we're gonna you know just kind of dump everyone in here really soon um you know we're raising our equity round uh that's exciting so that's kind of another thing that we're focusing on another side of this so um yeah uh but when it comes to insurance and the different products that's it's something that we're capable of doing and we want to do and we've wanted to do since the beginning we would have loved to like launch with that but it's one of those things where it's up to us to be very conservative and very cautious about like what protocols we add and what we use and all that so we're gonna you know with insurance it 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 kind of just depends on on the development and the maturity of that but you know look for things right away after launch like with the index co-op products uh dpi there's multiple other structured products we can integrate um and uh yeah we're just excited to to get it out there and, and to to start helping helping people earn passive income what about any nft integration do you see any opportunity there um i mean there's so much cool stuff to do in DeFi, right like so um that you know, if there's something I've learned from from working consumer and, and web two and stuff like that is you really have to focus on doing like one sure. thing the best, you know. So um, so that onboarding and, and earning passive income and, and kind of being that buying power layer like that, you know, we really want to target people that are kind of focused on that type of investment and whatnot. But I mean, the technical the the technological capabilities there, like we could do anything, but I don't see that probably being something that that we add to this type of product, but there's so much other cool, you know what I mean? Like it, I, I, for, I'm, I'm, I've always been a product person. So it's like, if someone else is doing it way better, like why just use that, let them, you know, do that, focus on what you can do your best and do that. Cause like, if you're just going to make something that's kind of just additional and whatnot, you're just losing focus from the main point. So, yeah, that makes sense. Like if someone's already, yeah, if someone else is implementing something better than you, especially in the DeFi space where you have this composability feature, you know, just plug into their app and have them do it for you essentially yeah um so what i don't know what else can we talk about like what have i not talked about or addressed that you want to touch on yeah we really went over so much about this you know um like we uh we're just really excited to launch you know we uh, like the the team has built this like you know jugus and i started it initially and and you know we we kind of funded the back end and 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 did the you know the proof concept race pre-seed and whatnot but you know neither of us have done a mobile app and um like our ios developers our product managers our smart contract developers like everyone you know we've focused heavily on on creating an awesome remote team over the last six months and you know even longer than that and so you know it's I, i'm just very i guess i'm just very confident in the future of this and, and where we're going to go and i think that this is one of the first examples of many that we're going to see of that it's going to bridge that gap to like mass adoption or whatever it wants to call it but it's really just you know speaking the user's language and 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 you know people always you know we have this problem of you know the the average return on one of these products is like 18 percent. so a lot of people will just be like oh that's a scam like that's a ponzi and that's because their brokers have been telling them that's a scam for the last 10 years and taking a cut you know what i mean so like what we try to explain to people is like there's a difference like this isn't like us being a broker this is like you being a bank essentially like if you're because banks get that rate you know what i mean higher they can lend that out so this is essentially eliminating you know those middlemen and, and kind of getting that out there so um, I know that wasn't really, you know, your question. I just kind of started talking with that, but we're going to try to support that the best with educational content and just try to like really, you know, beat these narratives in and just. Absolutely. Well, another question that uh, listeners have wanted me to ask is just, you know, as one of the leaders in the space, Kieran, like, what are your thoughts on the current market conditions right now? Like, what, like, what are you, like, what are you seeing that maybe others aren't because you're in this space 24 seven? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of noise. So you got to, that's one of the things just filtering through it. You know, I'm not a trader and I can't, I can't really say what's going to happen, but um, I've seen a couple cycles now. And normally in traditional finance, it takes like 10 years to see a couple cycle. And we've seen like three in the last like five years or six years or whatnot. So, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I think a lot of it has to do with leverage still. And I don't think that we're quite to the fundamentals part of this market. Um, you know, the, you can have a really great project and, and, and it cannot do well in the market and, and vice versa and whatnot. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of leverage, a lot of speculation. Um, you know, it's definitely a bear market, I think right now, like, and, and we're seeing that and we're past that kind of, it's that accelerating cycle of people realizing that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it, it's an interesting time. I think that it, it, it's a time to reflect, like, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of Ponzi type stuff, a lot of people not trusting uh, or a lot of people trusting third parties and, and not using self-custody. And there's been a lot of, you know, kind of fallout from that. So I think it's a good time to kind of reflect on everything and just, you know, heads down build and, and look for what products come out of this that are that are sustainable and that can help people. Yeah, it is, I guess, a little relieving to just kind of be able to get on Twitter and not really have to deal with all the noise, right? Like not worried about Elon pumping Doge to a dollar or, you know, what other crazy things kind of went on in the bull market or like, what was it like simp NFT or simpfy was a thing when people were buying all those NFTs of, was it like Irene Dow or something like that? Yeah. Just, yeah. And pe I mean, people always say like, you know, what was the top signal? And man, you look back and you're like, how did, it's like, there were, a, there were a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But like, we're in this post bubble, right? So I always like know that, but I know a lot of people that got caught off guard this time. You know what I mean? Like it was, I think that there was some sort of mass delusion or, or, you know, the whales do what they want, but, uh, it, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Like a lot of people got caught with their pants down. A lot of people, um, you know, weren't sidelined when they needed to be and whatnot. So it'll be interesting when this comes up. But again, I think it's all healthy. Like we're so focused on the short term, um, you know, in five years, none of this is going to matter. Like we need to get the leverage out. The market needs to stabilize. And these products that are going to start opening up to like mass adoption are going to change everything because it's easy to be volatile when there's such a small pool of, you know, whether it's assets or people or users. But once that grows, uh, I think we'll start to see more stability. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to know, like, since everyone's just kind of focused on building the bear or building through the dip, like what do you have any advice for developers who are just kind of starting out or that are building right now? Like what kind of advice would you give to these people? I just don't look back. You know what I mean? Like Web 2 and whatnot, like, you know, they're like it. There's going to be volatility. There's going to be these different cycles of adoption. There's going to be other things, and that's exciting. Um, and you know what we're building here, and what we're you know we're like you know bankless is famous like banking the unbanked and and championing self custody and and getting like these these things that you know there was like separation of like church and state uh, that was like a huge thing for society. And I think that what we're doing is we're creating like the separation of money and state. And you know if you're in Web three, even if you're older or if you're younger, if you're you know one of these like there's so many 15, 14 year old and whatever like you in all of history there hasn't been a greater opportunity than this like it's not just finance it's not just the internet it's not just it's, it's like this is um you know just don't look back just keep doing it just keep learning uh there's so much to learn and if you just immerse yourself in it and you know find your kind of tribe or whatnot like this isn't going to stop so this this isn't even a dip yet <laughs> you know what i mean it's going to get way worse i think so it's like you know if if if, if it's if 
if your finances rely on trading and stuff like that, that's very different than than building and being involved and whatnot. You can do both, but um, and it's nice to have both when there's these times. But yeah, just uh, yeah, just stay focused. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Also, not a trader, but also do not believe that we have reached max pain yet. So yeah, it would be uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We can stop. We can stop the market talk there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're kind of running up on time here, but Kieran, yeah, like if there's anything else you want to talk about, or if not, just, uh, you know, where can people go to find out more about you and streams? Yeah, right now we're doing a $50,000 giveaway. So just a legit contest. We know that incentives work. So that's going to be our pre-launch giveaway. So you can go to streams.xyz, sign up for the wait list. Uh, you can refer your friends to get more entries, you know, the normal type deal. So um, we're going to give away like $25,000 to one person, 10000 uh, 5,000 to multiple people and whatnot. So that's happening in the next month. And then as soon as we're ready, which will be, you know, in the next four weeks or so, we're going to start inviting people and, and, and the app's ready. It's working. It's live transactions. We're just kind of in the final testing phase. So what I'm excited about is we finally get to start marketing it. We have the new website launching. Um, we're going to be doing a case study with Polygon, case study with Gnosis, case study with Idle. Um, and the majority of, you know, our focus as a team is just going to be on creating like awesome educational content and really just, you know, educating new users and kind of creating that net for them to, to exit inflation and, and the fiat system. So, um, yeah, just just join the waitlist and look forward to, to seeing everyone and getting everyone's feedback. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Kieran. Uh, love the app. Love the idea of self-custody, no matter how it works. Even, I mean, in u- utilizing the Gnosis Safe is fascinating to me, I, and I love that idea. I'm not sure how many other apps do that, but I, I definitely like it. And to everyone who's watching this, on YouTube. Thank you for watching on YouTube. If you're listening to this on Spotify, thank you for listening to this on Spotify. Kieran, it's been a pleasure and I'll catch you next time. I'll see you later. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You too.